You're listening to episode number 20 of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. Today's episode, ladies, gents, folks, whoever is listening, I know that many of the listeners of this show are stepmoms who follow me from Step Queen. And most of the episodes that we share are through the lens of what it is to be a stepmother. We look at a lot of the world from what is our perspective as stepmoms. But if you are a stepmom, then you know that there are other people in our step family as well, obviously, who have their own lens that they see the step family dynamic through, that they experience what it's like to interact with a stepmom through. So today's episode is still relevant to step families, very relevant, but it is not through the lens of a stepmother. So I hope that you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed interviewing this week's guest. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, Sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, Brittany Lynch. And today is a very special day. And let me tell you why today is a very special day. Uh, today, I am bringing a very, very special guest to you. Today, you are going to be hearing the wisdom and experience and strength and hope from none other than the only Annie Henderson. And I'm so excited for you to you folks to hear her story. And yeah, stay tuned. You guys are in for a you guys are in for a great episode. Uh, so before we get into all of that and you telling us everything about your life, Annie, why don't you start off by just introducing yourself to our audience, kind of let us know who are you, where are you from, what do you love, who do you love? Hey, Brittany, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so I'm Annie Henderson. I am from the good old state of Texas. Uh, and we were talking earlier, you have to come, come down and visit sometime. Uh, my family... My beautiful family is made up of my partner of almost nine years, uh, Sam, Samantha, and my daughter, who is 13, Scarlett. So that, that is my amazing, ever-evolving family, and I'm so, so proud of them. So I, I appreciate you for asking. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, so one of the reasons I'm so excited to have Annie on the show here today is because many of our listeners are stepmothers. And the way that your family is structured, one of the beautiful pieces about your family is that 
your partner is a stepmom, but you are what is called in the stepmom world, the bio mom. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, one of my, one of my favorite tools that I use with my clients, with myself, with my family is the tool of compassion. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, in fact, with a lot of my clients inside of the stepmom story, that's something we do quite often is a lot of switching goggles of what does life look like when you realize that this is a person? Bio mom is a person. (laughs) Bio mom has feelings. And it's unfortunate that there's tends to be this animosity between stepmom and bio mom. And of course, the reasons behind that are way beyond the scope of this episode. But what I'm excited for is because Annie, you're just such a beautiful person. You've got such a beautiful heart. And I think that it's easy when we play this dance of like, he's mine, he's mine, she's mine, this is my kid, that -hmm. it's easy to forget that there are people underneath those kind of turf wars. So I know that you had mentioned to me at at some point that your ex-husband had been remarried a couple of times. So you have had a couple of stepmoms in your life. Yes. Yeah. Plus, plus your partner is a stepmom as well. So I'm really interested to hear everything about your story as it relates to, (laughs) as it relates to this conversation. Oh gosh. Yes. So surrounded by stepmoms, <laughs> they're, they're everywhere and, and I love them and I appreciate them. So thank you. Um, so uh, I guess I'll rewind a little bit and tell you that I actually uh, was uh, raised, <laughs> I was raised a people pleaser and I got married at 19 no clue who I was, <laughs> hadn't left my little town, ended up going to college in the same location um, and made it work. I was just listening to Glennon Doyle's book. Oh my gosh, that is, it was so good. Um, and just being a good person, doing what I was supposed to do. Uh, had my daughter when I was 26. And, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm, a part of the LGBT community uh, and wasn't one of those people. So like my partner knew when she was like five years old, <laughs> she knew that she was gay. Uh, for me, I just knew hmm, something's a little different. Like I'm different. I'm different. I'm very athletic. <laughs> I'm different. And then didn't really know it until my late twenties. So I ended up uh getting a divorce, uh, when my daughter was one and then, uh, ended up doing some work on myself, had, you know, some toxic relationships in there as well. Still not knowing who I was still being a people pleaser, still trying to, you know, fix people (laughs) and, uh, just make things work. And after that relationship ended and during it, my, my ex got remarried the first time pretty, pretty fast. Um, and there's, like you said, there was a stepmom in the, in that role. And obviously since 
uh, it didn't work out for them because he's, he's now remarried. But I remember, um, I actually, I actually knew her. So it was, there were some different feelings there. Um, and different feelings from what I was getting and hearing from my, from my own daughter. So that makes it a, a little, a little more tough. Uh, tough mm. to hear, tough to see, you know, when we would all go to school functions and you would just kind of watch the interaction. Um, I was a, an elementary school counselor <laughs> and an elementary school teacher. So I'm very much drawn to like little kids and just soaking up their affection and their love. So I kind of have those goggles on, like watching people interact. So I could, you know, I could tell it was, uh, it was a little bit different there. Um, and then I met my person when Scarlett was four years old and um, my ex gave her like the seal of approval. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's, it's amazing when, even though, um, you know, Sam's, Sam's a woman. If, if my ex can say, you know, I, I like her, like he got to see them interact and could see that. Um, and that's a beautiful thing about Sam. Every, like everyone loves her, my friends, my family, she's someone everyone really gets along with. And, um, so like I said, it's been nine years that we've been together from Scarlett being in, um, preschool all the way up to she'll be in eighth grade this next year. So, you know, we've gone through so many ages and stages to see Sam kind of evolve with Scarlett and us work on our communication, which has been, which has been huge. Um, and I know at times Sam has told me that um, it's felt, it's felt kind of hard. And I, and I think she was saying, because I'm so good at work, you know, what I do with little kids and, and that counselor side of me and the elementary side of me and, and just having that experience that she, she's been kind of comparing herself to me, which sure. is, you know, comparison's the thief of joy. <laughs> it's, just sure. not, it's always a letdown. Um, so that has been a struggle and a conversation we've had a few times uh, where she feels like she's not doing a good enough job for Scarlett, which is, which is heartbreaking because I think she's doing a phenomenal job. Um, it was funny. We went, to, we went to church one day and we were behind uh, a family and we heard the mom lean over to the dad and whisper, I need a vacation away from the kids. <laughs> and I was like, see, I was like, that's the real, that's the bio mom. <laughs> like everyone needs a break from the kids. Like it's right. normal to, to get tired and exhausted and need alone time. Like that's, Absolutely. that's normal. And that's, uh, that's part, part of what I do is one of my things is I tell families, like when you thrive, your family thrives. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not, I love watching your eyes. Uh, it's not the other way around at all. Um, if you're, if you're not taking yourself, um, taking care of yourself, your family's going to struggle and suffer. Absolutely. And that's whether you are the bio mom, the step mom, yes. the dad, 
the, single, the dad, stepmom, <laughs> single, the kid, anybody, right? anybody. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. absolutely. Yeah. So true. I just wanted to kind of, first of all, so much, so much great stuff. Um, Way to kind of way to say sum up ten years in in just a few in just a few wrap it up minutes. <laughs> um, but there were a few things that I, that I just wanted to that I wanted to pull on just for sake of centering your voice with my audience and getting kind of more into what your experience has been like. Um, so you said you didn't really know that you were gay until you were in your twenties. Gay. Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, you know what? I think it's one of those things that's different for everybody. Sure. I'm fine with gay, lesbian. It's good. <laughs> okay. I just want to clarify. No, okay. that's beautiful. Okay. Always ask. <laughs> Always ask. So you said you didn't really know that you were gay until you were in your twenties and then your ex-husband remarried and you knew her but even though even though you're kind of in this process of coming out and finding what really aligned with you and people that you really wanted to be with what what made Annie Annie even in that phase you had noted there were still some feelings there that he had gotten remarried um I'm curious if you could if you could enlighten us a little bit about what that, what specifically did you mean by that? What specific feelings were coming up for you in that time? Okay. So it, for, for me personally, it wasn't feelings around like him. Although I've, I've been talking to some, some women who are going through divorces and there is, there is that interesting grief that even if you, you know, even if you're the one asking for the divorce, there's still, there's still that loss, loss of home, <laughs> loss of, of what you started together and what could have been with a, a family, even though, you know, I, I'm realizing that was not my truth and that was not my authentic self. Um, there's still, there's still sadness there. Um, but with his, with his new wife, the, I think some of the sadness was looking and going, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it that way. You know, you see do what specifically? Um, so, oh gosh, this one might get me a little bit. <laughs> um, I remember, oh, uh, my daughter ha handing out little cookies to everybody and, uh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, this is a safe place. Um, and this, and this was someone that she was, she was older. she had never had kids, even though she was an educator as well. She didn't have kids. So she didn't have that ha automatic, like, how do I respond to like a little kid? Like, you know, if you give if someone, if the little kid gives you a cookie, you're like, oh my, <laughs> in my head, you're like, oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Like, that's so sweet. This <laughs> and is I, the best you know, cookie I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I was, ex I wasn't expecting anything, but I was just, you know, watching and she just, just didn't know how to react and just was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sure. which, you know, is something that 
sticks out in my mind as a mom, but Scarlett would never remember that. So that's one important, huge thing I think that all mom, bio moms and stepmoms should realize is that adults might have this steel trap memory where we, you know, take account of all little gestures or comments, but kids can be so resilient. Sure. Um, but I mean, even taking even taking Scarlett out of the equation, I think it's important. It's really this is a really beautiful example of noticing that the way the lens in which we see the world, the goggles in which we see the world, the goggles in which we notice that experience changes so significantly the way that we remember that experience. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you yeah, had, true. <laughs> like you had said, Scar- sure, Scarlett might not, that might not have registered to her. What I'm hearing you say is that that felt like stepmom rejecting your daughter. Right. Yes. And the fact that, that there was this beautiful emotional release here shows that that, that hurt you. That was a little micro piece of hurt that felt like your ex-husband's new wife was rejecting your daughter. And, and I can't even begin to imagine to speak for the stepmom, like what was going on in her mind during that time. Was it intentionally rejecting, right? Was she going through a whole bunch of other stuff where she was like, I don't want to give this child my attention? Or was she just not knowing how to respond? Right, right. Gosh, that makes me, <laughs> I, so I love the book, The Four Agreements. Yes. That, it's, it's one that I, someone just returned one to me yesterday. I haven't seen this person in a while. And she was like, oh, here's your copy of that. So it's definitely one that I pass out, but the whole don't, don't take, take things personally. personally. 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's something that's easier said no, than, always. than put into practice, right? Like always. it really takes some time to train yourself into that, into that thought process. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for your vulnerability uh, in that moment. And I would just really, whoever is listening right now, I would just really invite you to lean into this notion that you don't have to see things the way that other people see them, but it is so important that we honor each other's experiences. Annie's experience is not wrong. She is not wrong for feeling like, her daughter's stepmom rejected her because of a cookie, right? This is a very real experience. And circling back to what I said about one of my favorite tools being compassion, when we realize that our stepkids are little people and we might, we don't have to like their bio mom, but she's a person, right? Annie's a person. Annie doesn't have to like her daughter's stepmom but it's, it's a really interesting space to get to where you can just honor the other person's experience and not make it wrong and not make them a bad guy, but just accept responsibility for that feeling that, that you were having. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I didn't even know that was going to come up. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, okay, so... Where were we? I cut you off in your I cut you off in your story, but I really oh, I think that was a really important place to go. 
No, yeah, no, that was, that was perfect. I think I was just talking about maybe where my family is now in mm. terms of sure. communication and, sure. and talking and my ex is now remarried um, again. So um, one, one tricky thing is being able to be a good listener for my daughter when she gets home. Mm. So we have, we have 50, 50, um, custody. So we'll, we do a week on week off. Um, so I, I used to call it the detox, <laughs> Scarlet detox when she'd come home and then we would get into our own routine and she would, you know, um, there would be stuff that as, and he's, and he's a great dad. I will say that he always wants to see her. He's, you know, always willing. So that's huge. Um, but you know, there's always going to be things, even if we were still married that we wouldn't agree on and we would want to do differently. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, when she comes home, there's, there's the detox and just, um, I'm still getting into a space probably where I need to listen and validate, um, and, and make sure I don't join in, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, don't, jo don't join in, um, especially right now. Um, so like politically we're different as well. So it's, it's, it's a doozy when, when she comes home. <laughs> yeah. Politically, uh, Scarlett's father and you are politically yes. different. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she's, she always has a lot to, to share and vent about. And, um, but she's, I'm, I'm guessing that means your daughter's on leans more toward your side than I would say that. Yes. Side. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, she, uh, uh, so I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, like I said, Sam and I have, and, and Scarlett have come a long way in terms of communication and learning. And, and one thing that we do that I think has made a lot of difference is instead of the old school lecture, you know, on the TV where like the kids would be in the chairs and the parents would be having like a family meeting. <laughs> we, we just have kind of a regular family dinner meeting where um, maybe, maybe monthly, I don't even think it's scheduled really, but we will give and receive feedback from each other, including Scarlett. So Scarlett can also chime in and say, you know, mom or Sam yard. Uh, this is something I think maybe you could work on. And it could be something maybe that personally affects them. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes I will have, I will set, <laughs> set up these conversations when maybe I've noticed maybe some miscommunication or something between Scarlett and Sam. Mm -hmm. So then I'll, I'll set it up to where, okay, that's something you can work on this and you can work on this and I can work on this. And it's, it just having that open flow of communication with Scarlett and Sam I feel like has made us grow exponentially every year because it's just open and there's no, there's no, you know, there's no triangulation to where mm -hmm. she's telling me this and then I tell her and then like, it's pretty, pretty much out in the open to where, um, 
where you don't feel like you have to play middleman and go between yeah. and yeah and it and it might start out that way but yeah being able to just bring it out and say mm, let's let's talk about this a little more right. um and it's made scarlet such a strong kiddo I'm absolutely so impressed and what a what a beautiful gift to be first of all for yourself and for your family as a unit but also what a beautiful gift to give your daughter to teach her that it's safe to come to come literally come to the table with what she's feeling what's not working for her and ex- be able to express what she needs in a space that is safe to do so. I think, um, you know, you had brought up Glennon Doyle's book and uh, this kind of notion that I would go out on a limb to say almost every woman identifying folk has felt like we are put into this box of who we're supposed to be. And that involves being small and quiet and pretty and not making waves and not having needs and not having emotions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And not making waves. And for so many of us, I truly think that that starts before we even have a chance. We're taught, we're conditioned not to have an opinion, not to make waves, not to have, not to make a stink. Um, and so this bleeds into so many areas of our lives. This bleeds into getting into really shitty relationships with men who can't meet our needs because we don't tell them what they are or they're trying, but we can't express that men or women um <laughs> i'm <laughs> working progress we're my language um but i think that so i think that our kids would just do so much better if they realized that our, their parents weren't trying to make them wrong and be the bosses of them and mm-hmm. it's different like um like you said, sitting down at the table and saying, we're having a family meeting. This is how it's going to go. You're going to respect your stepmother, right? Then actually being able to form those relationships and prove safety because of repeated safety through that connection. Mm-hmm. So what, a, what, an absolute, what an absolute gift. Where did that come from? Where did the idea for that come from? And how old was, was Scarlett when you decided to start implementing it? Uh, so that was, I, I think I just, I think I was, so I grew up with a family that didn't really communicate as much. Um, you know, if, if a parent was upset, um, the next day it would just magically, everything would be calm and okay again. And there's no conversation about it. You just play it cool and go with the flow. <laughs> so that's, that's what I was used to. And I just didn't want the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get the idea anywhere. I think I just, I think probably from my, my school counseling and my psych background, um, uh, I'm an LPC also. So some of that, I was just wanting to just change it a little bit. Um, not do the official lecture and just have that open communication. And <laughs> I always tell people that Scarlett is already probably emotionally uh, stronger and more mature than I was probably when I was 20. 
Mm-hmm. Like she's just let stuff roll off. We're so we're currently reading the four agreements right now together <laughs> at night, but I feel like she already has a lot of that in her and she can identify like when we're reading, she'll say, Oh, that's this person in our family. Oh, that's this person in our family. I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's beautiful that, that she can already see that and, and learn and grow and, um, she's an awesome little support for her friends at school too. <laughs> she yeah. is, she's their little, she's their little rock, their little mama. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. It's, it speaks volumes though to your, to your parenting that she's been able to explore those concepts. I think so many kids are stuck in just trying to survive, right? Like yes. just trying to survive. And especially kids who come from, from families where they go back and forth it's, it's so, it feels so out of reach, I think, for so many families to be able to set up anything that is that consistent because the parents haven't taken care of themselves first in mm-hmm. able to provide that safe space to nurture their kids into providing mm-hmm. a safe, safe space for themselves. Oh, so I, and that was so well said. Uh, I do want to say this because I know just like just like with relationships, right? When people say like 50-50 and we're like, no, it's got to be like, you bring your hundred, (laughs) you bring your game. Mm -hmm. I feel it's the same with families. So considering I have Scarlett 50% of the time, you know, I could throw my hands in the air and be like, well, you know, (laughs) they're screwing her up over there. Like there's no choice. I, I don't have a chance, but this like is huge because like I said, we're very opposites on so many things and that's okay. Like I said, we have that detox when she gets home and then we just, we just go from there. I, I listen and I empathize and we play and we have fun and we, I just do my a hundred percent and teach her all the things, you know, that I feel are important and that will help make her a productive adult and, and a kind human. And, and then when she goes to her dad, then, you know, she can either choose to be someone completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, But from the sounds of it, like from what I hear from her, she isn't like from what the feedback she's giving me, she'll, you know, tell me comments or different things. And it's, and it's, she and her, uh, I and her father are in kind of different places um, where it sounds like he still takes things personally and makes assumptions. (laughs) We'll we'll just say that, which it's, and it's, I could, you know, when she shares that with me, I could easily react and, you know, be like, oh, well, you know, you're a father. Mm-hmm. But because I try to do the opposite and I try to not react in that way, she can see that, you know, even though he might be telling her certain stuff, she can see for herself and she knows from her experience with us and what feels right and what feels wrong and what sounds right. And, when something is just in someone's head and so someone's taking it personally, like she can identify that. So I just want to, you know, encourage everybody if, if, you know, you're the stepmom 
and you have the kiddo a certain amount of time, don't discount the amazing work that you're doing with them. Um, and if it's coming from the heart and you've done your own work, right? <laughs> it's hard to tell our kids, do what I say and not what I do. If we haven't done the work ourselves, um, they'll, they'll be able to tell big 100%. time and it 100%. won't, it won't stick the same. So do the work yourself and then help those babies as much as you can. And that will, that will be enough. Mm -hmm. It will, it will be enough to where you don't have to worry as much when they go away or possibly a week or a month or whatever it is. Such, 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 such great advice. Um, I, I literally just put a post up on Instagram a couple of days ago that said, you know, kids do what we do, not what we say. Yes. And, yeah. and it's really, it's really difficult to say to your kids, like, stop throwing temper tantrums if you haven't learned to get out of the habit of anger right? Yeah. Yes. It's really difficult to say to your kids, eat your vegetables if you're sitting there <laughs> with a poutine, right? And not a, and this is not coming from a place of judgment. It's just, I think that, and especially I knew, I know at least with, with my specific clientele with stepmoms, there's a lot of frustration because they're like, well, these kids aren't doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, how can you expect somebody to act in a way if they don't have a that model if you're not modeling that for them uh yes and yes yeah <laughs> so it, it that makes me think of so when um so as an educator uh and everyone knows because we've all been there is that we practice the fire drill over and over and over again because we have if we don't and there's a fire you can't start teaching in the middle of the fire right when that's we were working from our amygdala and we flipped our lid. Like you can't teach when someone's in the middle of a tantrum or an episode. So having all of those times and I've, you know, I've never been in a fire, but I know to line up and <laughs> be quiet. And I know the path because it's drilled into them and it has that same thing at home. It's almost like you have to set up a fire drill if you want a certain behavior, it has to be modeled and practiced and have a little bit of grace in there if it's not done right. And just, uh, yeah, just like what you're saying. That's too funny that you say that because that's, that's literally one of the tools that I teach inside of the step up story is to create, your, to create your fire drill. Right. Yes. Because in the middle of in the middle of a really intense emotional mm -hmm. situation is not the time to be figuring out how to respond in that because you're not responding, then you're reacting. Mm -hmm. exactly. So creating that fire drill, knowing what's leading up, like your house doesn't just spontaneously combust, like the toaster's gonna start smoking first, or there's gonna be warning signs, right? Yes. It's gonna be storming outside and you might the lightning might hit your house. There's gonna be be clouds rolling in. There's going to be sparks. There's going to be something. And something I know about humans is that we're very predictable and we like to do the same things the same way every single day, even if they're not good for us. So after we've seen enough of these repeating emotional difficulties, difficulties connecting with each other, difficulties hearing with each other, difficulties understanding why this other household is doing things the way that they're doing, we'll start to notice a pattern if we, if we look close enough. And when we notice that pattern, create our fire trail. 
I'm so, I'm so stoked that I'm so stoked. I love that you teach that. That's perfect. It's a tool. It's a literal tool, literal (laughs) exercise that we do in the But so important, but it's so important. It is. It is. It is crucial. Like that's the basics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I guess something that I would like to, that I would like to ask you about is, I don't want to say th- threaten. Threaten's not the wrong word, but or right, the right word. But I'm having a difficult time coming up with with the right word. Um, I know that a lot of times there's kind con- there's a turf war, a skirt war between stepmoms and there's and bio moms, right? And like I said, it's we all have different goggles. We see the world th- through through different lenses. Um, do you find, do you personally find it difficult, whether it's jealousy or resentment or protectiveness of your daughter, that there is another woman involved in raising her? Like, what are your personal feelings around your daughter forming a parental type relationship with your ex-husband's new partner? How do you see that? So I, um, I personally don't have a big, a big conflict with it. I think probably because I know I'm building like the strongest relationship ever with my daughter. And I really, you know, focus on that bond. Um, but, um, I can just looking ahead in the future of big events coming up, I could probably see, you know, where, there could be a little tinge of jealousy like around, you know, graduation or even, you know, future, future, getting, getting married or sporting events, all that kind of stuff where you have to kind of share, or you might have to like wait your turn. So like, for example, after a a ball game where, you know, she might, depending on where we are in the stands, she might go to them first and get hugs and stuff. And then me, but I feel like, like I said, it's been, been years now. So I've had, Mm -hmm. I've had that practice of just being, being present and in the moment and focusing on, on Scarlett. Mm -hmm. Um, and so gosh, for me personally, I just, (laughs) like I said, I know my, I know my relationship's just really strong. So I'm just, I'm grateful for that. So I don't, I don't have that threatened feeling at all. Um, and I know that's, that's, that can be rare. Um, I, yeah, I know that can be rare. Um, my, my kiddo is, was a little bit older now when she got this stepmom. So there's not, she doesn't call her mom, you know, she calls her Amber, but with my, she calls Sam, Sam. Um, but she's, (laughs) she, uh, I recently wrote a post. I think it was one that you commented on where I was saying, um, just being grateful for my daughter and stuff and, and my family. And my, my daughter even has, um, I was worried initially about her being embarrassed of, of having a gay mom or having two moms. But she, (laughs) she told me about a story once when 
I don't know if she was asked or what the story was, but she was like, I've got three moms. <laughs> so she's, she just owns it. And it was like, I got three. <laughs> you only got one? What? <laughs> so she's just, she's a confident little kiddo. Um, and I think, but I think, like I said, like we were saying earlier, they're taking, we're the role model. So if, if I'm reacting or if I'm struggling with that, I, I would take that as a sign that that's a trigger, right? Sure. I, a trigger is a sign that I need to work on something, not to hide, not to avoid, but ooh, that's something that I still need to dig a little bit deeper and work on. Otherwise, I'm going to pass that on to Scarlett, right? Or she'll be aware. She'll start noticing. Um, and that's, I don't want to pass my junk onto her. I need to finally, you know, deal with my own stuff and own it. And that's, and that's okay. People are triggered by things all the time. We've just got used to buffering with food or alcohol or TV or whatever it is. Um, we're complaining, <laughs> um, instead of diving in and getting a coach like Brittany. <laughs> not sponsored <laughs> uh, too cute um just wow i would i would go out on a limb and say that probably 99 percent of the stepmoms listening right now wish that you were their stepkids that you were their stepkids <laughs> mom. Um, I think there's, there's so, you know, one of the things that makes step families so difficult is that step families are born from loss. Right. right. And so that's one of the differentiating factors between a step family and a, and a nuclear family or a first family is that first families are formed from a union of, of people. And from that union, a family, whatever that looks like, whoever comes together to create that union comes together. But the piece that many, many, many people are not taking into consideration when they're like, why is step family life so fucking hard? It's because step families are born from loss. Mm. And so it automatically off the hop, we everyone every single person now in that step family has an onion to peel open and to get to these layers of all of these things of why does this hurt why am i being triggered by this how can i heal from my separation how can i heal from my divorce so that i can be a kind bio mom to my child's stepmom so that i can set a good example for my child so that i can have a good co-parenting relationship with my ex, even though he might vote away that <laughs> I sure wouldn't by the sounds of things. <laughs> and, and it's like so often, so often, so often, so often, so often, we want everybody else in our step family to be the ones to do the work for us. We want our stepkids to change. We want our ex-spouses to change. We want the stepmom to change. We want the bio mom to change. We want everybody else in our step family to change in order to make us happy. But as you and I both know, this is one broken ass strategy. And that's right. <laughs> that's right. And it's it's really, really, it's really amazing 
to have a conversation with someone like you and you specifically who has done the work, who has done the hard stuff, who has healed that loss, who has gone through that grief, who is emotionally mature enough to say, this isn't about me, right? This trigger is not about me. That, that person's trigger is not about me. And what a beautiful freeing place to get to when we don't have to live in that loss anymore. Yes. Yes. That's a beautiful space of freedom and, and just love, right? When you get rid of that fear, there's, there's more space for love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess the thing that I, the thing I would probably like to end on is just this to, to for everyone to keep in mind that just because that fear is there, just because that sadness is there, just because that hurt is there doesn't mean it can't go away. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a choice to stay in that. It's a choice yes. to stay in the dark place and it's a choice to go into the light place. That is a, yes, that is a lie we tell ourselves. Um, we tell ourselves. I, I have someone in my life that says, I'm too old to change. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a bad story. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you could offer any advice for anyone listening, whether it is an ex-husband or a stepmom or another bio mom or a child who has step-parents or anyone who lives in a non-traditional non-nuclear family that the rest of the world would say is an other type of family. What is your like biggest, what would you write on your headstone? What is your biggest piece of life advice that you would write on your headstone that you would share with every, every non-traditional non-nuclear family member? Oh there? goodness. My tombs. I should have thought this out. My tombstone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm getting an urn. I'm getting an urn. <laughs> what would you get on your urn? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so it would just be to be curious. Be curious about what's triggering you and why. And just just going back again to the, when you thrive, your family thrives. When you thrive, your business thrives. Whatever you want to put in that second space. You have to do the work first and it's, it's never too late. Never too late. Absolutely. Beautiful. I'll get, I'll call the engraver. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Annie, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us. Thank Thank you you so so much. much for sharing your story with us. If our listeners would like to get to know you a little bit better or follow you, stalk you on social media. What is the best place that they would be able to find you? The best place would just be my Facebook group. And from there, you can probably find everything else. Um, So my Facebook is just Annie M. Henderson. Nice and easy. I've been playing around on good old TikTok lately. Have you hopped on there yet? I cannot. I bet there's, um, yeah, they need us. Uh, they need someone in your line of work and your expertise to hop on there. There's, there's tons of coaches and counselors on there. You should, you should check it out. I've been honestly, I asked my stepson 
to show me how to do TikTok, but he just knows how to do it so well that I can't follow his teaching. He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, all There's, of a sudden a floating head and I'm like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get that advanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So check out, yeah, check out. Uh, and I think I'm Annie M. Henderson there too. So On wherever TikTok it is, well. yeah. Yeah, okay. you might say Life Coach Annie, but find me, I will, it is, it's fun. I will make sure to link those up in the show notes for everybody so that you can just click through and take, take, a, take a boo at Annie's TikTok. <laughs> and again, Annie, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for sharing your, all of your beautiful wisdom with us here today. It was it's been my a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week, same time, same place. For more behind the scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM, tag me in your posts, tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better and Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend. Oh, that's fun. Thank that you was so awesome. Much. You're so good. Uh, yeah, I should have warned you. I am. I'm not long winded. <laughs> <laughs>